Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Welcome into the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. I'm your host, Pat Miller, the founder of the Idea Collective, and I'm on a mission to help small business owners in the United States make their dreams come true. And if you're an aspiring small business owner, we're going to start with a conversation that's for you. Maybe you're already running your own thing, and this conversation may help you as well. But if you're thinking, you know what, I'm pretty tired of my corporate gig, and I would like to be a small business owner, let's have a conversation about small business for dummies. Now, you're no dummy, right? But maybe we can have a conversation at the dummy level that may illustrate some of the things that you didn't realize as you consider running your own small business. And we're going to talk about other things during the show, but if you're here because you're thinking about a small business, let's have a for real conversation with someone that's built a small business and I help others build their own small business dreams. We're going to start by me trying to talk you out of it. (laughs) If you make it through this part You might be a small business owner. Is that what Jeff Foxworthy said? You might be a small business owner. But I'll start by trying to talk you out of it. Because many people, when they go from corporate employee to small business owner, they run into it with rose petals and rainbows in their head. And you need to know about the risks and the challenges before you get to your success. The first thing you need to know you're probably going to fail. Wow, Pat, uplifting. Great. Thanks. Appreciate that. But yeah, you're probably going to fail. And if someone tells you start your own small business because you will certainly make it run from that person, they're trying to sell you something. The Small Business Administration has the numbers. Half of small business owners don't make it to year five. So if you're thinking that cute little coffee shop or your shoemaking business is a guaranteed winner, there's no such thing. Half of us are going to fail. So if you're still listening, then you're open to taking a risk, which is good. Because right now, if you work for someone else, they are the ones taking the risk. That's what you get as being a corporate employee. You really don't have a lot of risk. No matter what happens, you're going to get a salary. You're going to get a paycheck. But when you go out and build your own small business, you're the one taking the risk. And here's the bet. This is small business for dummies. You're betting that you can build a business that's big enough to sell enough product 
or services to make a profit to feed the family, save enough for the future, and survive. Full stop. That's the game. I can do it better than the person I'm working for right now. So going into it, if you're comfortable with a coin flip risk that you might fail and you believe in yourself enough that you can outrun expenses and inflation and competition and market changes that you're going to make enough to feed the family and build your future, you might be a small business owner. Here's the next thing. And we haven't even gotten to how to build it yet. The next thing is you need a running start. And what I mean by that is that cash flow kills small businesses. If you don't want to mind your numbers, if you don't want to look at QuickBooks, if you don't want to think about profit and loss statements, if you don't want to worry about how cash flow runs through your business, then small business is not for you. You need to know your numbers. And if you don't like your numbers, you need to hire someone to mind your numbers and they need to tell you what's going on. Because every day, all the time, you need to know about cash in the bank, who owes you cash, and where are you. Because in the small business game, we eat what we kill. And if you're not going to know what your numbers are, you're not going to eat. Another part of the running start is starting in a good position. If you're coming into your own small business on a tightrope, you probably aren't going to make it. What I mean by that is that if you're coming into the small business and you have a ton of personal debt already, credit cards are hot, maybe making the mortgage is a little bit of a challenge, now might not be a good time to start a small business. You probably want... I don't know, 60 to 90 to 120 days of cash saved up for the family. You want to get rid of your credit card debt before you start your small business. You should be in a good financial position. Starting a small business is not going to be profitable on day one. And I'm not done scaring you yet. We're talking about small business for dummies. If you want to be a small business owner, these are the realities you have to face before you get to how you do it. Selling. If you're going to start a small business, you are a salesperson. And if you're not comfortable with that, do not be a small business owner. That's just the truth. Because you might be a really great car wash operator, but you got to be a salesperson too. So if you're saying to yourself, I hate to sell, I don't want to be a salesperson, guess what? Work for somebody else. So if you can get by the risk, if you can get into a positive cash flow place and you're willing to be a salesperson, you might be a small business owner. So what do we do now? Small business for dummies. Think about your product or service and you need to position it for a very narrow audience. You hear the commercials on this radio station. For all your car care needs, way too broad. Way too broad. Think about what you love and offer it to a very narrow group of people. I'm talking, I'm the weight loss coach for postmenopausal women. That narrow. Be specific. Why? Everyone was hit with a zillion ads every single day. 
you have to have the courage to find a narrow position and cut through. Next, you got to do the work. No one's going to come save you in small business. And if you're not ready for long days, weekend emails, doing what must be done, you're not a small business owner. You got to be ready to do the work and work harder and longer than you ever have. It's the truth and it's the reality. So if you want to follow your dreams, you got to get super narrow on what that dream is. And you got to be ready to work like you've never worked before. And you have to be confident taking a risk at the level that you've never risked before. If you want to build this, you've got to earn it. And here's the last thing. No matter how good you are at corporate, no matter what you learned in college, you are not ready to be a small business owner. No one is ready to be a small business owner. I got an MBA. I wasn't ready to be a small business owner. Why? Well, think of a corporation. How many departments does a corporation have? A million. From the janitor to the CEO to the CFO to the marketing folks to the salespeople to the folks on the assembly line, there are a million people in a corporation, right? Well, what is a small business? All of that stuff on one person. Go back to the car wash operator. You're going to open a car wash. Cool. You're now in charge of car wash maintenance, marketing, selling, inventory, books, everything. No matter what it is that you do, you are not ready to be a small business owner all by yourself. Nobody is. That's why you have to have a community around you. Networking is great, but having a community of folks that will help you when you need it, it's essential. That's why we launched the Idea Collective. That's why you need to visit smallbusinesscommunity.com smallbusinesscommunity.com. That website and that community will walk with you as you build your business. That is Small Business for Dummies. And if you take the risk, I'll be here cheering you on. Up next, seven habits to make your bookkeeper your best friend. What do you need to do so they can help you? We'll talk about that next on this edition of the Pat Miller Show. Thanks for tuning in. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, and friendly team you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions LLC.com. 
Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. There's only one thing more important than making the money. That's keeping the money that you make. And if you aren't organized and you don't know where the money goes and what you spend it on, you're going to have a hard time keeping it. So you got to have a bookkeeper on your team. You got to be organized when it comes to your financial life. And today we're going to talk about the seven habits to be your bookkeeper's best friend. And fortunately, we've got someone who's an expert because I certainly am not the expert. Beth Carter, the badass bookkeeper, is the CEO of BBA Bookkeeping. Beth, welcome to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today? Hey, Pat. I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we've got seven habits to help out a bookkeeper. Before we get into the seven habits, if someone's walking around the earth as a small business owner right now and they don't have a bookkeeper, that's not good, right? Get one. There are so many different ways to work with a bookkeeper. And so don't be afraid of of price. Um, there are bookkeepers out there who will just, you know, help you along the way and review your books quarterly. So if you're at a point where you can't really afford full service bookkeeping yet, there are bookkeepers that can just do this sort of oversight and an assistance. Okay. And how we work with a bookkeeper can maximize that investment, even if it's not very big. So let's get to the first habit of being your bookkeeper's best friend, staying organized. What do you mean when you say staying organized so a bookkeeper will love you? Oh my gosh. Know what you're spending and track what you're spending, which yes, does QuickBooks do that if you're using QuickBooks or whatever other system you're using? Absolutely. But you need to be staying organized with your paperwork, with anything that comes in the mail, anything that comes in your email. Um, and, and one of the suggestions that I give to my clients is open up a free Dropbox account. Or if you use, um, you know, Google Docs or, or whatever, whatever it is that you use, take a picture of your receipt. And we're going to talk a little bit more about receipts, but save it. That's it. That's all it takes. Um, and, you know, you really, you really want to be able to answer questions as they come up. And you really want to be thinking about, not that any of us want to get audited, but you kind of have to have that in the back of your head at all times. If, if I was audited, do I have the proof and the backup to show the government that these were appropriate charges. Now, you mentioned receipts. Let's talk about that real quick. Because for too many months, I walked around the planet thinking that my credit card statement would be good enough. Is that not the case? It is absolutely not the case. And the IRS oh. has... <laughs> now, I, uh, I will say that I am not a tax accountant. I am not a tax specialist. Um, but the IRS did put out very specific verbiage stating specifically, Pat, that a statement is not sufficient. Boo. 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 I know. Okay, so, so we got to save our receipts, maybe do it in a Dropbox. That's helpful. So stay organized, save our receipts. The third habit to be your bookkeeper's best friend is to spend five minutes a day on all of this. I don't want to spend any minutes a day. Why do we need to spend five minutes a day on bookkeeping? Well, let's see. Five times seven is 35. 
times four times 12. So how much time, like, what's easier for you? Do you want to just like spend, I mean, it, it grows exponentially, right? So you could spend five minutes a day today or at the end of the year, you could spend five hours Ugh. trying to get all this stuff together. <laughs> which, you know, which do you want to do? Uh, you don't want to do either, it. but which is the the lesser of two evil? All right. So you're right. Five minutes a day. What would we do in five minutes a day to make sure our house is in order? So in five minutes a day, you would, um, if you have a bookkeeper, you would be putting your receipts in one place. You would be responding to requests from your bookkeeper. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like, y- you don't have a big job when you have a bookkeeper, right? Yeah. You just need to keep up with what they need from you. Okay, that's important. So we've gone through uh, staying organized, five minutes a day, receipts. You just mentioned responding to their requests so they can keep working. Uh, we're talking about the seven habits uh, to become your bookkeeper's best friend. Let's talk about loans or big purchases. Is that something that we need to let you know about? <laughs> Pat, you correct me. So, yes, and right away. Um, unfortunately, too often we find that someone has made a really large purchase, like a new vehicle, for example, for the business months later. And we see it. We all of a sudden start seeing the payment out of their bank account and we go, why are you paying, you know, GM financial every (laughs) month the same amount? I didn't know you had a new vehicle. And it's really important because the way that we as bookkeepers have to track these large purchases and loans is very intricate and it's much more complicated than just some old expense, you know, at Staples, right? So the longer you wait to tell us about it, we're going to figure it out anyway. But then we have to, again, backtrack and go and then you're going to have to go and dig up your purchase and sale or, you know, the documentation for purchasing it months ago. and. Now we don't have the loan paperwork because it got lost in your email somewhere. Whereas if you get that email, you forward it. Boom. Hey, <laughs> just open this loan. Here are the docs. Just let it all out. I can feel the venting happening right now. Oh, it's lost <laughs> in the email. Oh, I didn't get the email. It sounds like you've got some, uh, some injury here. You're working out on air. A little, little bit. Thanks, Pat. A little bit. No problem. Two more things left to do to be your bookkeeper's best friend. Review the reports that you send us. And then the second part is actually understand what they mean. Because I've yeah, yeah, a lot of bookkeepers. But you're saying we have to make sure that we really get it before we hang up. Um, yes, please. Your reports are not just. Your books aren't being done just for the purpose of getting your taxes filed. And that's a really important thing to remember. Your books are done. For you. So you as a business owner can make appropriate and 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 right decision. Right? So how do you know if you can afford to hire a new employee? How do you know if you can afford to buy that new truck? Um by looking at your bank account? No. That is absolutely the wrong way to know if you can make a, a purchase. Do you need to scale back on anything? Um you know, are you able to apply for a loan? 
Uh, when when PPP came around a few years ago, people were scrambling. No one expected that. And then all of a sudden, the whole world needed bookkeepers to fix, you know, the last two years of their book. Seven habits to be your bookkeeper's best friend. Stay organized. Five minutes a day. Receipts. Respond to their emails. Loans. Review the reports and understand them. And get your 1099s in order. Beth Carter, the badass bookkeeper, the CEO of BBA Bookkeeping. Thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Pat. Thanksgiving is upon us. That means Black Friday and Small Business Saturday and Cyber Monday are coming soon as well. If you're a small business owner, you might want to offer a program or a discount, but you got to do it the right way. We'll talk about that and how to make the most of it coming up next on this edition of the Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey, so make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick, Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414-310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit Sidekick-Accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted Sidekick. Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show, America's Small Business Conversation. This coming weekend will be really the best weekend of the year, and there's really no debate about that. Are we debating this? There's not a national debate that Thanksgiving isn't the best holiday, right? It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. It's everything that's good about being an American. Give me all the food and the football and the family. We don't have to exchange gifts. We get to sit around and enjoy one another, and it's the best, right? Okay. If you don't agree, I'm not listening to you. It's the best holiday of the year, bar none. But then, because we're Americans, this is so American, like halfway through giving thanks, the entire planet turns our attention to buying more things. (laughs) Like the turkey isn't even cold yet. And we as a country are thinking, ooh, I could go get more stuff. That's what happens. So at the end of Thanksgiving, we turn into this country that is full of of acquiring more stuff because, well, you know, Christmas is coming, right? So we go into Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday. It's the shopping event of the year. And if you're a small business owner, you're thinking, hey, I want some of that. People are going to go out and spend a bunch of stuff. I want to make sure that I can make some sales as well. Before you just Offer your stuff up at a giant discount. Let's have a talk about it. Because it's possible to acquire a ton of customers and make a bunch of sales this coming week and regret how you did it. Let's go through it. 
This is the trinity of opportunity. Black Friday, people know they're going to get a discount. Small Business Saturday, people are focused on helping people like us. And Cyber Monday shouldn't be ignored. Because Cyber Monday is going to be a chance for people to engage with you digitally and buy stuff from your website or your social media. I like to think about the three days as one shopping event. So don't go out there and say, here's my Black Friday special. Go out and offer your small business weekend package. That way, whatever offer you have is alive for the next week. And when I say it's the shopping event of the year, I'm not kidding. Over this coming holiday weekend, the National Retail Federation says every single American is going to spend $229 on gifts. Every single one. That's a lot of Americans. That's a lot of gifts. So it really is the sales opportunity of the year. So they're in the right mindset to spend with you. But how do you get their attention? And what do you offer them when you have their attention? Looking at the environment that we're in, every retailer and company on the planet knows this weekend is super important and everyone is gunning for that $229. That means the attention economy is already under assault. Everyone that has something to sell is hammering their ideal customer right now. Pick me, pick me, pick me. Everyone's doing that. So getting new people to pay attention to you is going to be really, really hard. So do you go after those first-time customers and attract new folks? I, I wouldn't recommend it. Because if you're like me, you probably don't have the ad budget to cut through. I like to go after current and repeat customers personally because you probably already have a relationship with them and you probably already have their email address. And email is free. I like email because it's free. <laughs> Running Facebook ads is really important or really expensive right now. And it's going to be tough to get their attention during this time period. So I like to go after the owned channels like email and text because you've already got it. So you know who you're going to go after. People that you already know, people in your database. So what are you going to do with them? And if you're just joining us, we're talking about this opportunity coming for small business, which is Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday. So what do we sell them? What are we going to do? Well, you could sell them something new. I've created a new product for you to consider. You could upsell them. They're buying silver. Maybe they need to go to gold. Or you could go after a renewal for next year or the next term. We'll go through each of them. For a new sale, you're thinking about a new product or offering. What problem are you selling? And... Uh, how can you solve it better with a new or next level of product? The problem is they're being flooded with new things to consider, new gifts to buy, new things to do. I don't really like new sales, new opportunities during this time of year. You could upsell them. 
So if they're already your client, you can try and get them to the next level. You've got a proof of performance. They already trust you. And this is their chance to get more of what you already do. But Black Friday might not be the right time for them to randomly think about how they need more of you, like a next level of service. I like to go after renewals over Black Friday weekend. The stats show us that renewals are way better than new customers. Why? Renewals are cheaper. It costs you five times as much to get a new customer as to get a renewal. So renewals are juicy. So how can you get a current customer to extend their partnership or service agreement with you? I like to do bonuses rather than discounting. And this is really what I wanted to get after. Because when we look at how people sell stuff over Black Friday weekend, we think about a giant discount. People beating down the doors to get a cheap TV. We'll talk about discounting in a second, but I like to offer bonuses, not discounts. So I'll give you an example. A bonus would be, I'll give you a bonus meeting in December, like a free nutrition consultation, if you renew your gym membership for 2024. You're not discounting the service in 2024. You're just giving them a little something extra if they decide to renew right now. You're leaning into that no like, and trust. You're giving them a little bit more if they renew. Now, let's talk about discounting. So we see it, right? We see that Samsung TV at $200 off and people beating each other up to go try and get it. If you sold your services at half price or with a deep discount, do you have that much profit baked in? Odds are there's not a ton of profit there. And if you did, would you want to give away all your profit? No sale is better than a sale at a loss. You can't like sell things at a loss. That's not a thing. And another thing to know, and I'm sure you know this, but just a reminder, discount shoppers can be a real pain. So you need to consider your profit margin. You need to think about the people that are searching for a discount too, because they can be really annoying. I encourage you to offer a bonus instead of a discount. That could be the way to go. Now let's talk about how we roll it out and how we sell because Black Friday is going to be incredibly competitive. So like I said earlier, I like to connect Friday, Saturday, and Monday as one big window. I wouldn't recommend announcing it as a Black Friday sale. So make it one long window. I would encourage you to talk to your existing customers, mostly through email, or private channels. And then I want you to get super, super specific. Know exactly what you're selling them. Don't put out a just buy more stuff with a discount. Find a way to get their attention with an interesting way to put it or a clever position with a bonus or an upsell. And then you might want to think about a head-turning name. I'll give you an example. It's not a free nutrition review if you renew in 24. We got to get more clever than that because you're competing with every offer under the sun. 
you got to kind of push it a little bit. There's a process that I like to use called edge crafting, where you come up with an idea and you keep on pushing it and pushing it and pushing it until it crosses the line of good taste and you pull it back just a little bit. And if you use edge crafting in this example, a free nutrition review in 2024, it may turn into lose a toddler in 24, guaranteed, or your money back, right? Lose 15 pounds on our nutrition plan if you do it, but position it as lose a toddler because that might stop the scroll, right? You want to make them pay attention to you. So let's review. It's a busy time when customers expect you to offer something. You're going into the wild and you're trying to get attention. Competing for new customers is probably not a good time right now. Look at the entire weekend as one segment, not three individual days. Offer a bonus, not a discount. Load up on your email and text marketing and get aggressive with your messaging. I wish you luck. It's a big opportunity. We'll be back with more of the Pat Miller Show next. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show. You're an expert in your own field, so why not get paid for it? Hey there, it's Wendy Babcock. My VIP paid speaker program is just the ticket you need to convert your knowledge into real income. No matter what size group you're speaking to, or if you don't have any products, books, or programs to sell, even if you're not a celebrity or a household name, from crafting your talk to finding and booking paid speaking gigs, get it all with Wendy's VIP paid speaker program. Keynote speakers can make anywhere from $2,500 to $7,500 bucks a talk. Together, we'll not only amp up your speaking game, you'll discover the ins and outs of finding and booking those lucrative gigs and get paid every time you step on stage. Right now, get 90 days of full access to the Paid Speaker Vault and a direct line to Wendy, plus a bonus, an immersive three-hour VIP day with Wendy to create your online profiles that event hosts simply can't resist. Don't wait. Sign up now at VIPPaidSpeaker.com. VIPPaidSpeaker.com. Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation, and we've been all over the place today. I tried to talk you out of starting your own small business by doing small business for dummies. That's where we started the show. Then we sat down with an expert bookkeeper about how to keep your bookkeeper happy so they can keep you informed of what's going on with the money in your business And then we went through the opportunity that exists over this coming Black Friday weekend. If you missed any of those segments, check it out at patmillershow.com. But Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year. Without debate, it's the best holiday, right? You can't really hate on a holiday that's full of food and family and football. Really like the holy trinity of my life. (laughs) Food, family, and football. It's awesome. So hopefully you can sit around the Thanksgiving table and you can reflect on all of the great stuff that's going on in your life. And I want to do that with your business. Can we do that? Let's do that. Because as a small business owner, taking a minute to give thanks for the business should come kind of naturally because being a small business owner is a lifestyle, not a job. If you own or run or you're a leader in a Fortune 500 company, it's not really your company. But when you run your own thing, it's hyper-personal. Odds are you're also the only one 
that gets it. One of the real crises in small business is that spouses or friends don't understand what it's like to make the decisions of being a small business owner. So you feel kind of isolated sometime. So you got to make sure that you're taking time to reflect. You are taking time to reflect and how things are going with your small business. So let's give thanks for the clients and the business that we have. And this conversation probably has some stuff to do with 2024 planning, but let's give thanks for what's going on right now. What's working for the business? And let's appreciate what's working. And how do you know what's working? It's the stuff that's selling. It's the stuff that your ideal clients are buying and the stuff that you just really love to do. Many of us have had products in our business that people would buy, but we hated. Or they were okay, but our ideal clients weren't attracted to it. The clients that we really didn't want, they were the ones buying it. So let's take a moment to reflect. What's working in the business? And that can be you know, figured out by the stuff that's selling. And if you had more of that thing, you could sell even more. That is the thing that we want to lean into. Maybe there's also something when you reflect that you don't want to do any longer and you can look into 2024 and decide to stop offering that product or service. The other thing I think we should do is we can reflect. Reflect on the year with what you learned. What did you learn this year? Did you learn anything new about what it's like to be a business owner? Maybe you realize that I don't like it when I don't have enough cash flow. I don't like it when I don't have enough in reserve. Or if nothing's coming to mind, you could do a good old-fashioned SWOT analysis and go through the strengths of the business, the weaknesses in your business, the opportunities that might be out there, and the threats that you're facing right now. One of those quadrants may pop out something that you need to be paying attention to moving forward. The other thing I want you to take just a minute to think about is that what's the thing in your business that you feel drawn to right now? If I could spend more time doing this, I would be happier. We often forget that we get to choose our business. We get to choose our schedule. We get to choose who we work with. Reflecting on what makes you happy and fulfilled and you feel like you're doing your best work when you do this work is something we should be reflecting on. So what did you learn this year? Think about that. I'll share with you what I learned this year. This year, I learned that the show and the Idea Collective small business community is really important to me moving forward. And I need to lean into the how of running a business for you and the community members. There's been a lot of time spent on the whys of running a business, this meaning and purpose kind of thing. And it's still important, but I think that the folks that listen to this show and the folks that are in the community, they're really hungry for the how. How do I do these things? And I need help figuring out the things that I don't know. So that's one of the big learnings I have. How 
not why. The other thing that I've learned, and this is really apparent, short form content is king. It used to be content is king, and that's true. Taking your knowledge and expressing it in a way that someone else can pay attention to it is awesome. It's a great way to market your business. But I don't think any longer that it's content is king. I think it's short form content is king. Long form content has its place. 45 minute keynotes, hour long Zoom meetings, fine. But if you're trying to attract new people, taking your content And getting it down to 60 seconds, 90 seconds, two minutes or less is what's going to do the trick. Now, if you're like me, got a little bit of gray hair, you may be saying something like, well, that's because Gen Z, they got short attention spans. No, no, that's not why. Gen Z, millennials, whomever, they don't have short attention spans. They have higher standards. They have better filters. The reason why they have higher standards and better filters is because they can. They no longer have to sit through interruption advertising to get the information they need. They no longer have to watch a 45-minute video to get exactly what they're searching for. How do I do the thing? They will search until they get just that answer. And if you're not providing just that answer, they're going to find it someplace else. So don't be lazy and cop out by saying that's because their attention span is short. No, be better, be tighter. Those are some of the things that I've learned this year. What have you learned this year? And make sure that you take time to reflect because you deserve some praise and you deserve giving thanks for your small business. It's been such a pleasure to talk with you this week and every week on the Pat Miller Show. I'm so grateful that you tuned in. If you want to learn more about what we're doing, visit smallbusinesscommunity.com. That's smallbusinesscommunity.com. I'm Pat Miller, founder of the Idea Collective. We'll talk to you right here next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to The Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for The Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit. Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.